Welcome to the Real O Show podcast. Today we sit down with author and creative director Derek Siskin. We discuss his book, The Bedtime Chronicles, and where he got his inspiration from. Where we later learned after a conversation with a friend, Derek went outside to smoke a joint and proceeded to write two children's books that he later independently published. But besides being an author, we wanted his take on the evolution of social media and where it is going next. In order to provide some extra value, we asked him to challenge one widely accepted belief and one book he would recommend to a young entrepreneur. So be sure to stick to the end. We drop a new podcast every Tuesday morning. So if you want to learn and see inside our world, hit the follow button and come see us on this journey. All love. I gotta fight for my balls. I gotta stack out this goal. I tell you I'm on a roll. About to get all this dough. We ain't no fun niggas, no. I swear to God, we the ghosts. This ain't the story they told. Man, if you know, then you know. Welcome to the Real O Show podcast. I'm Zachary. I'm Joshua. And joining us today is Derek Siskin, creative director and the author of The Bedtime Chronicles. Also, you can catch him on the Put On podcast. Welcome to the show, Derek. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a real pleasure. And and honestly, we were doing some research. Obviously, this has kind of been a long time coming. Long time coming. Yeah. For real. It was on the books. Then we had to reschedule. And it's been been some time, but it's great. It's kids. It's great. Family come first. Of course. Of course. But I really want to get into the children's book you wrote and how it was hip hop inspired. So talk about the bedtime chronicles, how it came about and what inspired you to do it. First off, I have kids, right? Um, But basically the pandemic hit and I had a buddy uh, or like a mutual acquaintance that kind of reached out to me and said, would you ever consider writing a children's book? And it was something that I've thought about before in the past. Um, and I read my kids' children's books was, all the time. Was this friend like a publisher or like, or were they just like, yo, I have a vision that you could fucking An entrepreneur that, that like knew about my creative background. And, uh, basically he was like, I have a, we, uh, I have a friend that wrote a children's book that was terrible. And, and so like, it made me think of you. And so he, he says this to me. So he, so he, a friend of his wrote a a terrible children's book and he thought of you. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Crazy. And, um, and like the long story short is I grew up and I loved rap music and I used to write raps back in the day, like when I was in high school. And Same, would, we used to do that back you then. Did you? Yeah. And I would like, you know. Our mom told us not to do it anymore. We were like young. We were like <laughs> making beats and shit at like eight years old. I'm like, shit. That's what, that's what people don't understand about all the things we are doing now with the podcast, the vlog, and even the short form content. Me and Joshua were doing that shit. Uh-huh. Like naturally. Right. It just never was like pushed by our parents. Our parents were like, play sports. sports. Right. So that's, <laughs> but, it kind of got to continue. Out, yeah, but, but to continue. continue. Well, that, well, that was like the creative outlet. And for me, it was the same thing. I grew up writing, writing and I loved rap music. So I'd write raps. And then I just remember like reading, um, you know, Dr. Seuss books to my kids and just thinking like, I wish there was like a modern version of this, you know, like, and so when this friend reached out, um, like true, like the true story is I was like, let me think about it. I went outside, I smoked a joint and I just wrote two children's books like that and uh all in rhyme like old school like the way i had with like uh when i was writing these like raps you know raps back in the day um and i just had this idea about a family and a little kid and every night he would go to sleep and a different person in his family would would tell him a bedtime story it'd all be in rhyme and then i was like i would love to sprinkle in a little all these little rap nugget like references throughout the book for the parents and so that was kind of like the thought process behind it leaving a couple 
couple golden eggs for the parents. Exactly. Yes. Right. right. You you kind of sprinkled in there some inspiration with the Dr. Seuss books. Was that an author you looked up to for it, or are there other authors out there? I mean, that was definitely the main one. Um, you know, in terms of children's books, like there, there's a book called Dragons Love Loves Tacos, and that's just like a clever book that that I like. But I mean, most of my inspirations, like author wise, are are adult. You know, like uh, right. nonfiction type writers, you know, children's book writers, not as much. That's why I was just like, I could do this shit, you know? <laughs> so it's like, is like children's books kind of like watered down? Like, would you say like, like, like real, real off, like, hardcore like authors that want to like lay they're not going to like want to write a children's book uh, so is it like is there like the avenue kind of like open whereas like there hasn't been a Dr. Seuss since Dr. Seuss and that guy was worth like hundreds of millions of dollars yeah well I felt like there was a big opportunity there yeah, and that's that what I'm saying like there's an opportunity yeah but the only thing was like for me and and uh, my friend that, that that did this with me Ryan like we felt like okay do we pub- do we go through traditional publishers do we self-publish and ultimately because he's an entrepreneur we were like, let's self-publish this thing. And we learned a lot in the process of doing it. It was super tough, costs a lot of money. And there's a reason why most people go through traditional publishers because you have all the distribution and the marketing and it's a bunch of the problems that we eventually like ran into is it's super hard to get a book out there when you don't have that machine. So when you, so when you guys decided to take publishing on your own, distributing on your own, did that mean like you guys just had a fuck ton of books in like your garage and you're like, we still we're selling fu- this bitch. We still have a fuck ton of books <laughs> in a factory somewhere. Um, oh, so a factory has. Them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I would say they, it did really well locally, but right. like nationally, not, not as much. And like, there's still a lot of books and it's, it's kind of one of these things where it's like, shit, like, you know, we're, we're definitely, we've invested money. We have people that have invested money in it. And it's one of these things that like in the long run, I don't know how it's going to go, but right now it's kind of like a little bit of a burden. So taking what you know now, yeah. how would you attack a book? Would you one go towards the children's angle or you, would you be like, I want to go a different Avenue and I would have to do it with a publisher. Like what are like, what are the things that you would learn on the next go around? Yeah, I think it's a good question because I, after I did that, I started trying to write like a nonfiction book. Um, and as I was doing it, I was thinking all of these same thoughts in my head, which is like first time authors kind of get screwed. Um, you don't get great deals, like unless you have a big name or, you know, something to attach to right. it, you're going to get taken advantage of. So I would say that like self-publishing is really tough, but it's doable. And I think a lot of times when people think about like being an author and writing a book, it seems like impossible. And that was something that I felt. And then I went through the process and it's like anything else. Like it's not impossible. You could do it. It's just really hard afterwards to like sell your book and get your book out there. I'm here. I, I've heard a lot about people who have gone independent or even like have gotten deals with publishers. It's a lot like record label deals yeah. with music. Like it's, it's, it's pro record label. It's pro publisher. But with all that, give a young entrepreneur one book you would recommend. Man, I, I would just say this. I read so much. Like that's one of my big passions. Is I read every day, a lot. Uh, every day. Yeah, every day. How long? 
like I'll, if I'm on the train, I'm reading on the way here and there and back. Um, you know, I'll take time out of my day to read just for like a half an hour. I love reading cause I feel like I hit a point. Um, and I'll say that one of the, the books that kind of turned me on to reading, uh, think and grow rich. It's an old school book, right? Interesting. Yeah, that got you into reading because yeah. I read that book and I, it got me out of reading. <laughs> it got you out of reading. I was fucking reading that. Like <laughs> this is like dry. Well, listen, it's super dry. It, it's a little bit dry and it's old school, but like, at the time I had just lost my job and I was like trying to start a, a startup business and it just kind of got in my head of like, this is how you do it. You know, like it, if you have an idea, you could pull it out of the ether and kind of turn it into something that becomes an actual, you know, real tangible thing. Right. So I would say like, there's a lot of books in my mind, like how to win friends and influence people, old school book still practical to this day. Great for entrepreneurs. And then on the creative tip, like, um, there's a book called the, uh, the war of art, Stephen Pressfield, amazing, uh, Rick Rubin's book, uh, the creative act. Incredible. That's been all over. Yeah. All over. A lot of people I would love definitely that. check that one out. Oh, I haven't, so I haven't good. <sighs> There's a million fucking books. I love reading. Like I could go on for days telling you about books. Morgan Housel's new book. There's a guy, Tim Urban, who just wrote this book. That's incredible. I have, I could give you books for days. Man, I respect day. people who fucking like can read, read. I, it's like a fight for me to read. I try to read 30 minutes a day, but it is a fight. It's a fight. It's but a fight. If you find stuff that you're interested in, yeah. once you find that, all of a sudden you love it. And I'll just say this, like I have times where all of a sudden, like I'm not reading as much. And then I fall back into the trap of like scrolling on TikTok or Instagram. And then what ends up happening is I have like anxiety and I start feeling like depressed. And, and then whenever I feel like that, I'm like, all right, I just need to get off of that. Then I read a book and it's almost like meditating. It's like, it has like a real calming effect on me. I'm, I'm able to like clear my mind. I'm not having that anxiety and all of the things associated with being no, on that social makes, media. That makes a lot just of sense. Just to switch it up a little bit. So you're a creative director. What do you think the next big thing in the creative industry is? And if you had a crystal ball... Like, what's one thing that you would be like, you need to go do that right now? I don't know the answer to that last part, but one thing that I feel just like in creative industry, I mean, that spans a lot of different things. Like a creative director can be a creative director in a million different ways, right? Um, for me, like being at a content business, a media business, I think one thing that I feel is like the pendulum has swung so far in terms of content and the way that like content is made and like how oversaturated it is right now. Like if you want to do a podcast, let's say, and I was talking to Josh about this earlier, it's like now you have to produce a whole show. It's like you literally have to cut clips and you have to do that to promote the show. And I tend to think that it's going to end up going the other way, that maybe it can go back to just being audio and it's not going to be as big about like you have to have a show. Yeah. We talk about this all the time. It's honestly, it's like the short form wave, right? Everyone's been jumping on this whole train of like, make the, make these fast, fast, fast. And like, yes, you can definitely grow like that, but you have different audiences. Like you said, like, I think that right now everyone's, um, adapting to like the quick now no one has a, an attention span, yeah. but I think it's the opposite. It's people want more content. It's how Joe Rogan wins on a four hour podcast. Yeah. Obviously it's Joe Rogan, but he has great content and over time that wins. That's the content I consume. So like I say, I read books. My favorite content to consume is long form podcasts, you yeah. know, and like Same. I'll listen to it. Everybody's like, how do you listen to a three and a half hour podcast? It's not, I'm not listening to it all at yeah, one time. I'm chunk, listening yeah. it yeah, in increments, right? So that's one thing. And then the other thing I would just say is like off of the whole 
the way that social media is now, right? And like how crazy it is. And especially now with like it being so divisive and all the political kind of shit that's going on. I could see uh, social media going in the other direction where it's like they start making apps where you go on them to go to do like IRL stuff, like like apps that are meant to take you off of apps, you know, things that, and especially like on social media where there's so much negativity and there's so like also like you don't think it's going the opposite way because I, I think it's almost going like the opposite way where like Elon wants to make X, uh-huh. which is everything. Yeah. You're going to yeah. build a bank on that app. I'm going to message on that app. I'm going to go have social on that app. So it's like, you think it's going to go the opposite way where it's like, no, 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 they're going to break it up. I think people are like yearning for just like simplification and they're yearning for just like, how do I get myself off of these apps? Like I spend an hour and a half scrolling on TikTok and then I'm like, get off of it. And I'm like, what? I just wasted an hour and a half. Like, what am I doing with my life? Like, it may, like I say, it makes me anxious and depressed. And I'm like, what if there was something that was like, okay, I go on this app and it's meant to, you know, meet, uh, help me meet people to go on a walk or something, you know what I mean? Or like do an activity like that. I would be down with, you know, like some community thing that that's formed on the app, but that's taken off. I like that. I, I actually agree with both of you Mm -hmm. on the points. And I, And I say that because one, I think people who aren't super conscious of their life are going to be on social media way more and want to be consumed by. Now, I think people who are conscious have those thoughts where like, man, why the fuck am I just scrolling TikTok when I could be doing X, Y, Z? And I think that is going to be the revolution. But Josh was also right where people do want more content. And that's what I've always said to him. I was like, the short form is the arbitrage. Yeah. The long form is like, if people really like you as a person, they want to hear you talk in a 20, 40, 60, three hour podcast, video, whatever it is, because they want to consume that. They want to hear what you have to say, just like how Joe Rogan has three hour podcasts and everybody's waiting for it to drop five days a week. Right. And and, and by the way, like... I think you're right about everybody having a short attention span and just like the whole nature of that. But it's also like we're all addicted to our phones, right? I just, think, it, yeah. I just think kids. I, like well, I think I think kids nowadays, it's like I look at a phone, my nieces. Yeah. They don't they don't look at screens at all. They're almost three years old. They've never really seen screens their whole life. They see Zachary and I come on come in and I'm like on my phone, like working or on my laptop. The screen is crack. It yeah. literally is crack. They can't get away from it. They're like, what is that? It's like, it's, it's instant. So that's where it takes me. I'm like, okay, how many generations go where grandpa wasn't working on the farm? I walked 20 miles. We didn't have no cell phones. What happens when a couple of generations happen and, you know, great, great grandpa had the iPhone, had all these things. What, you know, are they really going to be like, Hey, let's all play outside. I never did it as well. It's getting, it's getting crazier and crazier. And by the way, I have kids, right? I have an eight and a five year old, both on their iPads. The second they get up, like before I'm even awake, my, my eight year old, um, has a natural skill for like making YouTube videos and like is on CapCut and doing all these things. I'm like, I don't even know how you're making the videos. And it's this thing where like, I don't want to stifle his creativity, but me and my wife are like worried about it. Cause he's (laughs) like, dad, look, I got like 20 comments. I'm like, who the From fuck who? is commenting <laughs> yeah. on your t- like we have to put restrictions yeah, you, you on this definitely thing. Restrict it, but at the same time I, I always think about it, I'm like bro if my my parents weren't like so consumed with sports being like you need to get a scholarship yeah. because we're not paying for your college if they would have took it the other way and been like yo play sports but like 
do that. Keep yeah. doing that. Keep writing. Keep keep building shit on your computer. Right. Like my parents saw me on a computer and they were like, oh, he'd be good at like programming and shit. And I'm like, who the fuck cares about a programmer? <laughs> yeah. Like if I would have been creating, like if I would have edited, because I edited in high school like very vaguely, stopped, and then I picked it back up and just retaught myself. I was like, I would have just stuck with yeah. it. Till now, mother, I would, I'd be able to do literally anything on this earth. Yeah. Editing. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying to my wife about my kid. I'm like, it's probably going to be the most valuable skills that he, he can, can be have Mr. when he gets older, right? And have like personal brand stuff and be, you know, have these editing skills. But, you know, it's just, I always think about it like this, like, is it re- all relative? Like the way that he's on his iPad, is it like when my parents were like, get off, you know, the video games sure. and like stop watching no, 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 TV? Sure. Is that yeah. like no, no, the no, same? I, I think it's identical. I almost think it's worse though. It's got to be worse. Think it it's definitely, worse. definitely worse because I mean, if you look at screen time, right? Screen time has gone up astronomical yeah. since iPhone, you know, so I don't want to say iPhone, smartphones have become a thing. Um, I kind of want to stay on the creative director part though. Um, as a creative director, Again, very broad, and it could mean a lot of different things. But what brands are you looking at being like, fuck, they do it the best, and they almost kind of like inspire you to be like, we need to try an aspect of this. Yeah. I would say one that comes right to mind in my in my head is is Kith. Because I just feel like everything they do. What is that? Because I, I don't Kith, even fucking know what it is. the clothing brand, the one that just did the collab with the Knicks. Oh, like, oh. Yeah. Just, okay, I do. And so th- it's uh, this guy, Ronnie Feig, who's just like... All this stuff he makes is so cool and like, but it's casual and it's just like, it's so aspirational. And obviously again, like he just did this amazing collab with the Knicks. I would say the other one that probably comes to mind is just, is Barstool. Because like, I just feel like they, they have taken such a creative approach. They have so many innovative sub brands, right? And like to a whole generation, like they are the thing. They're the North star, right? For real. And again, talk about a brand that doesn't create so much short form creative. Well, one out of every company in the whole world, they create the most organic, uh, content. Right. They make their own content and not to mention they make long content. So it's like, that's why they win. Yes. They make short content, but every single person there has a show, has a segment. They have every vertical cover and they win because it's unfiltered. Yes, it's unapologetic. They never have to worry about, Oh, am I doing this? And they just fucking do whatever they want. And then they, you know, and they, they, they worry about it later. There's something to that though. When you own who you are, yeah, I'm an asshole. Yeah. I own it. People aren't mad at me so much when I'm an asshole. You know, like it just is. They're like, oh, fuck, he's just an asshole. I don't think you're an asshole. But, but it, you know I mean? so it's like, but it's like, it's like the thing. Yeah. It's like the thing. <laughs> Today you're an asshole. Yeah, but like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like that thing though, where you're just like, you know, when you, when you, when you own it, it's easier for people to be like, yeah, that's what it is. When you fake it and you're like, I'm this great person, I'm this great person, and you're really not. And then you get exposed. That's where you get the big fall. Well, I think what a lot of companies fall into the trap of is like, and I, you know, I see it all the time. It's like, oh, there's a hot ones, right? That's great. Let's do a hot ones ourselves, but in this way. And it's like, you cannot just copy something uh, and paste it and think you're going to have the same success. You have to be original and you have to be authentic. And like Portnoy, he, to me, like I grew up on Howard Stern and he's like the Howard Stern of this generation, just like completely unfiltered, you know, is so out there kind of like, doesn't like back down and, and, and guess what? 
People fucking respect him. He's got like the most loyal fans and you know, he's had incredible success. He's absolutely unstoppable. I want to transition as like we kind of wrap up and close it out. I, I have one question because I'm curious about obviously you being from a different generation, having family and kids. It's, it's different than where me and Josh would think, but what is one belief that is like widely accepted that you challenge? One belief that's widely accepted that I challenge. That's a good one. I think like I've always felt kind of like an outsider when it comes to the conventional, just like workplace and just, you know, corporations and like, I'm at a corporation, right. But like, you know, still, I, I just feel like, um, the way things are now, you, you can't, a lot of people always talk about like, well, look at, look back in history. Right. And like, you know, that's how you kind of take the view of what's going on in the future. And I feel like things are constantly changing all the time. So you can't like look at what happened yesterday and use it as the litmus test for like what you're going to do today or tomorrow. I think in the last couple of years, I mean, think about the things that have happened in the world, like every single year, there's shit that's unprecedented. And so I just, I take the approach of like, Definitely always having to be original and authentic, right? And never copying or like always trying to find your most authentic self. And I guess that's not like going against any sort of conventions, but I just always like to challenge the status quo. Like I am, if, if there's something that even feels remotely like something that's happened before, you know, or like any sort of idea, like then I don't even want to touch it. If you're going to tell me, oh, somebody might have, I don't even want to approach it. Like, I just want to have my own original thought, my own original ideas. And I feel like if you do that and you do something that's never been done before, there's always going to be people that are critics. There's always going to be naysayers, but like, that's your best bet is to just go fully authentic and original. Completely agree. And it's actually something that's hard to do in a corporate setting. It is. Because if anyone knows anything about corporate, you come up with an idea, 32 other people roll it up into a ball that they are like, it's my idea now. And right. they hand it back to you. And by the way, if you're a creative and like I used to write movies and I used to do a lot of things like that, there's always people that are like, um, the executives that come in and they're like, well, you know, let me put my notes to it. And then they go and they just want to check their box. They just want to have their fingerprints on it. And it's always this constant battle between the creatives and like the, the higher suits. ups. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's a tale as old as time. So you really have to be protective of your own stuff. And like, I credit you guys for just going out there and just fucking doing it. That to me is inspiring because like that's, I kind of had the same uh, approach of just like, just fucking do the reps, just keep fucking doing doing it and then keep learning and see, seeing how it goes, how it evolves, make kind of like your, you know, your assessments based on that. But like, that's how you fucking win is you just do it. You do it, you do it, you do it until you figure it out. It's, it's a term that's used a lot around here and I've grabbed onto it because it's so true. You build the plane while it's flying, right? Take off, build it as you go. Me and Josh have been doing this for over a year Every day we're evolving. Mm -hmm. We'll make a good video and be like, fuck, we wish we did it this way. We should try this. Like, we got to, we're on podcast 74. We got to fucking change everything. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's, you're forever, you're forever evolving. If you want to win, that's why I compare making content to sports and music because it's all the same shit. Yeah. It's creativity, it's competition, it's work ethic, it's consistency, and that's how you win. I'm on podcast 
13, by the way, nobody realizes how fucking hard it is to do a podcast. Like it's it's also like, it's easy. It's also 99% of podcasts don't get past like episode 10. Right. Yeah. There's a Jesse Itzler clip where he talks about it, right? Like, I mean, I I wouldn't even say just podcasting content in general. Yeah. Make 10 clips of anything and get back to me. People like people look at me all the time. Like, man, your job, dude. They, they fuck, you could go to Miami, you could do all this. Bro, it's easy. You, you're doing your job's easy. I'm like, bro, <laughs> easy. bro it, it ain't easy. I, I have to look at, I have to go in here every day and just think of something. What has not been made before? Let's try to make that every day. And, and you, and I mean, I think we all know better than most people, like how many times people come up with these concepts and they, and they put them out there and they do th- do it two or three times, four times, five times. They don't see any sort of performance and then they give up. And it's like, that's the dumbest kind of like way of thinking about if, it. If you, I think the best advice I would give somebody, I'm not a viral content creator. I'm still learning, still trying to figure it out. I think in your head, if you think you have a good idea, try it a hundred times and then decide if it right, works. Right. Just like we should do a hundred podcasts. We should do a hundred vlogs. He has probably how many who is this have you done how 100 last way less okay well we can't change the who is the structure you know (laughs) it's just it's it's just doing that and that one in in some of those videos win yeah you know what i mean so it's like we're still looking at like fuck how could we make these better it's it's an ever-changing thing if you're doing something every day it's like you don't want to do the same shit every day anyway so even if it does work you're like fuck how can i make this a little bit different so i'm not going insane right and all the while what are you doing you're learning how to produce you're learning how to how to write you're learning how to like direct, you're learning all these skills that nobody even realizes that you're learning and that you could apply in a million different ways down the road. Hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. But Derek, yes. it's a real fucking pleasure to have you on. I'm thank glad you. we made this work. Um, thank you, man. Yeah, we gotta get you on the vlog. Get you, get you vlogging with the boys. <laughs> yeah, one of these days. I gotta get vlogging, man. We'll smoke a doobie. We'll just, we'll just hang out. Let's do it. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm like too much of a boomer. <laughs> 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 I'll see you guys. See ya. Peace. Watch me get my racks And we bought so hard they think my niggas selling crack We was pushing packs for 2600 a pound We was down, probably had some product in your town But now we bang, same straight for all my niggas, for all my fam And I made about 10 racks up off these features in the end For my grandma, hope she know that this for you and you and him For my brothers, for my family, for my mama, for I gotta my kids I got bros, I got a stack of this gold I tell you I'm on the road about to get all this dough, ain't no fuck niggas know I swear to God we the ghost, this ain't the story they told Man, if you know, then you know I never had to tell my dogs that we on roof for greatness They pay for getters, they want money more than they want fake shit I swear we go so hard, we on A-list I see my niggas prevailing We going hard for the hand, we gonna stack till we jaded I just told my niggas that we on a mission Yeah, 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 it's gonna be hard to get it so I'm part for the misses. I put my heart in my feelings. On checks I don't even feel. We bought a box, we drip. We bought a box, we fall. Yeah, yeah.